In the name of the one true living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a true story. It happened on the eve of D-Day. The greatest of wars was at its critical turning point. And up until this time, the war had largely been a series of victories for the enemy. Dictatorship, you see, had proven remarkably effective, and most of the world was under the enemy's control. The world's only hope was for a counterattack, a great invasion. And both sides knew that the time was ripe for D-Day. The only unknowns were when and where and how. And on the eve of the invasion, the commanding general called together his staff for a briefing. Up until this point, the general began, the plan has been on a strictly need-to-know basis. Only a few are in on it. The king, me as leader of the operation, and a spy behind enemy lines who's the o- who has the only receiver which can pick up my messages. And here are four things you need to know. First, the invasion is tonight. Secondly, it will take place here, and he pointed to a little town on a map that no one would even think of. And third, the identity of the spy. It's a woman. And the commanding general headed off any chauvinist objections. I can assure you that she is perfect for the job, and she's been preparing the landing place for some time now. There was a slight delay in our planning as we had to wait to get her permission for the invasion. The king is very old-fashioned, that way you know. He knows that this job is terribly dangerous. And as you're all aware, the commander said, we've tried this before, but most of the spies we sent in were tortured and killed. And the fourth secret is the most startling of all. The king is leading the invasion himself, not managing it from across the channel. In fact, he's already there in disguise. He landed nine months ago. At this news, the general staff began to talk amongst themselves. Terribly risky, said one. Another doubted the whole strategy. What kind of plan is this? To parachute into enemy territory without close support. How does he expect to pull this off? The commanding general reassured his officers, the disguise is ingenious, for one thing. But tomorrow he's coming out of hiding. I think that in time he may even be planning to be detected and captured so that he can confront the enemy face to face. And our only concern, and this is a big one, is that once we liberate all those captive people, they will still cling to the enemy's new order. It is so much part of their lives, it feels almost comfortable to them, like a jail cell that the parolee is afraid to leave. But one thing is for certain, 
When we do this, the world will never be the same. It's going to be absolute shock and awe. The world has never seen an army so big. And the whole sky is going to light up for this one. On Christmas Day, Anno Domini I, the glorious legions of the King of Kings under the command of St. Michael the Archangel descended en masse to a field outside a little town called Bethlehem. And the king himself came out of the hiding place that Mary had prepared for him nine months before, disguised as a helpless baby. And because we know how the book ends, total victory is assured. In the words of the magnificent prologue to John's Gospel, which you've just heard, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world, and to all who received him, who believed in his name, gave he power to become children of God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father. Christmas, in the end, is not cute, it is not sentimental. Christmas is not sweet and syrupy. Christmas is God's D-Day. We stand and we proclaim our faith in the word made flesh, saying, we believe in one God.